welcome to a whole new year of Are You Up Babes? I really hope you had a wonderful Christmas, a really good break. And as we started a new year, as we start 2021, I want you to remember that God is your shield. God is your shield. When you're looking around and things are maybe getting a little bit chaotic around you, I want you to remember God is your shield. And so as we go into season two of Are You Up Babes? I thought I'd really start with Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 from the message. It says this, you are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. And so let's look at that. Our inside world is like our secret diary. It's, it's what's going on on the inside that no one really knows about. It's, it's hidden. It's hidden in our heart. It's hidden in our mind. And you're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and your mind put right. And here's the point. We have to have it put right with God. We were created in the image of God. We were created for God, for the purposes of God. And when we live our lives understanding we were made in Him, for Him, then we get put right. Everything in our life falls into place. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I can remember in the year 2000 experiencing forgiveness as in letting go of hurts that I was holding on to. And I can remember that day when I forgave, truly forgave. I felt like everything in my life had fallen into place. And that's exactly what it is. And so Matthew 5 verse 8 says, You are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Now the Bible tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. He becomes, he is what's going on in the heart. But the Bible also says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Not just wicked. I mean, just wicked is bad enough, right? But desperately wicked. So the Bible tells us that because of sin, because we were made in the image of God, but we know in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis, when that serpent came and he lied and he deceived Adam and Eve, and they believed that lie, when they no longer listened and believed that they were children of God, made in the image of God, and they believed in the lie that they could be like God. You see, they were really just like God, made in the image and the likeness and the nature of God, but they were deceived. And when that happened, they no longer understood who they were in Christ and the purpose they were created for. And the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. So what happens is when we're deceived and we no longer understand we are made in the image of God, the things that proceed out of our mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. So the heart is already deceitful. We are desperately wicked in our sinful nature, which is our natural nature because we are born into sin because of the fall of man. And so that is us in our natural state, the heart deceitful, desperately wicked. And then what comes out of our mouth defiles us because it's coming from the heart. And when we speak, it defiles the man. And so we are actually in a lot of trouble in our natural state, 
because we have been dirtied by sin. We have been made unclean by sin. So God made us in his image. What does that mean? That we have a spirit of adoption over us. That God calls us his daughters. And if you're a guy, he calls you his son. We are sons and daughters of God. Because of the precious blood of Jesus, we have the spirit of adoption in our lives where we can call God our father. And we have gone from being dirtied by sin, from being defiled, we have gone into a place of being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So there are two kingdoms. There are not more. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God, and it is ruled by his son, Jesus Christ. And there is the kingdom of darkness, ruled by Satan. And before we came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, before we accepted him personally as our Lord and Savior, we were living in the kingdom of Satan. It is a kingdom of darkness. It is a kingdom of deceit. It is a kingdom of lies. It is a dark kingdom. We were part of that dark kingdom. Then, through the blood of Jesus, when we repented of our sin and we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Jesus took us out of that kingdom of darkness. There was no other way we could get out. But the blood of Jesus became our passport right out. He snatched us out of that kingdom of darkness. And remember, the kingdom of darkness was not just for now on the earth, but for eternal darkness. But Jesus, through his blood, snatched us out of that kingdom of darkness and he placed us into his kingdom where we have been set free from our sins. We have been set free from the chains of sin and from darkness. And when we receive Jesus, we receive forgiveness. We receive a clean slate. We become a new creation. And the Spirit of God comes and lives on the inside of us. So when we received Jesus, we received forgiveness of all of our sin. And we received a clean slate. The old has gone. We are a new creation. I want you to understand that is quite a miracle, actually, that we become a new creation. And God's Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. He comes to live in us. And so the Bible says our old self has passed away. Now, I want you to think when someone you love passes away. A funeral is never a celebration. A funeral is never a nice thing. But I want you to think of when your old self passes away and you have a funeral for your old self. This means that your old nature, your old self, your past, your shame, your regrets, your pain, your mess ups have passed away and you are at the funeral of your old self. But you are standing there as a new creation. What a celebration. What an incredible miracle that is, all through the blood of Jesus. Now the problem comes when someone says they have received Jesus Christ and nothing changes. The Bible continually talks about sin like sexual immorality, people who lie, who steal, who commit adultery as not inheriting the kingdom of God. Now, the problem is many times Christians will read those verses 
and think, well, because I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, I am exempt from those sins because the blood of Jesus covers me. So I can be sexually immoral or an adulterer or a liar or a thief or an idolater because the blood of Jesus has exempted me. And that's really not what the Bible teaches us. The blood of Jesus sanctifies us. Now, what does the word sanctify mean? The word sanctify means that we have been set apart. Maybe you're asking, what have we been set apart for? And the Bible tells us that we have been set apart to be holy unto God. We have been called and set apart to be holy unto God. When people look at the life of a Christian, when people see your life and they see that it is not holy as unto the Lord, they want nothing to do with the Lord. That is the impact that we have as Christians, that when people look at us and they see that we do not live a life that is holy unto the Lord, they want nothing to do with the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about I slipped up, I messed up. I'm certainly not saying people that keep slipping up and messing up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you made that mistake and you slipped up. But you see, when a person slips up, when they mess up, they feel very remorseful. There's a difference between remorseful and pitiful. The one is absolute grief at the fact that they have sinned. That's remorseful. Pitiful is, I'm so bad, I'm so bad, I feel so bad. But nothing changes with pitiful. With remorse, you feel grieved at the fact that you've sinned. Because why? The Holy Spirit is grieved who lives on the inside of you. And together, he convicts you of your sin. He doesn't condemn you. He convicts you of your sin. You feel grieved and you come before God. And what do you do? As children of God, we confess our sin to God. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin and to cleanse us. That is what the blood of Jesus does. His blood cleanses us. And so because of the blood of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. What is the fruit of righteousness? The fruit of righteousness is that we live a holy life, that we cannot practice sin. When a Christian wants to practice sin, there is a problem. Because when we have been set apart, when the old man has died and we are a new creation, when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we cannot practice sin. We cannot continue on in because of the blood of Jesus. We cannot continue on in in, in sexual immorality or in addiction or in lying or stealing because The blood of Jesus has cleansed us and God's Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. He bought and paid and changed us and cleansed us. And so we cannot continue on in sin. Why? Because our heart is changed. That's what happens is our heart changes. And so we cannot continue on in sexual immorality or addiction, lies or deceit or darkness because God has moved us out of that kingdom of darkness where lies and deceit and sexual immorality was okay. 
But now we've moved into the kingdom of Jesus. He's given us a new heart. He's given us freedom. We've stepped into the light. And we can no longer do the things we did when we were in the dark. Now 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 says, Paul was speaking to Timothy. Timothy was leading a church. And he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech. So in what you say, now remember, your mind and your heart is what we need to protect in God because what you say comes from your mind and your heart. And he says, set the example for believers in speech, in conduct, in the way you behave so that no one actually sins because of our conduct in our love for others and the way we love people and our love for God, in our faith and in purity. We have to set the example for believers. That's what God told Timothy. Now, let's look at the whole verse, because I've only read you the first part of Matthew 5, verse 8, and it says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Then you can see God. When everything on the inside of you is set right, you will see God on the outside. You will see God in the world. Now, the greatest commandment that Jesus taught us, the the Jewish people have 613 commandments. And when they came to Jesus and they said, how do we wrap up all these laws into one commandment? Jesus gave the most phenomenal answer. He said, in one commandment, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Still the same one commandment to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You see, if we are not right with God, we are not right on the inside of ourselves. And if we are not right on the inside, remember our heart is deceitful. Our heart is desperately wicked. And when we are like that, we do what is right in our own eyes. The Bible says we do what is right in our own eyes and it's to our own destruction. And then when we are like that, everything on the outside won't be okay. Why? Because we're in relationship with God and with people. And when we're not okay with God, we're not going to be okay with people. We're going to be fear-based. We're going to get hurt easily. We're going to hate. We're going to have unforgiveness. We're going to have wounds. If we cannot see God on the inside and we do not love him, we won't see God on the outside. We will see hurt and pain and devastation and wounds. Now, when people say, I fell into sin, I want to say to you, it was not a fall. They did not fall into sin. It was a gradual descent because they didn't protect their conscience. And that is why in Matthew, Jesus is saying, you need to guard your heart and your mind. You need to take care of your inside world. I have seen on so many occasions where people stop reading the word. They stop taking in the word of God. And it becomes a gradual thing. The, the first day they do it, they don't see a change. They don't notice that maybe they were short or upset because they didn't connect with God. They don't even notice if they're in the flesh. They don't notice. But it becomes a gradual descent because they didn't protect their conscience. 
And I want to tell you something about sin, and I'm going to use the example of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality will separate you from the love of God, not because God doesn't love you. The Bible says there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That's what God's word says. But the problem is when you sin, you separate yourself from the love of God. Why? Because you are serving yourself and you are saying, I love myself above you. I desire my flesh. And you know, maybe as a parent, if I can wrap it up, or even just in your working world or wherever you are, have you ever said to someone, do you feel like making me a cup of coffee? And maybe the person's answer has been no. But it's the worst question we can ask someone because since when is it okay to make a decision based on how you feel? We should not make decisions based on how we feel. We should read the word of God because our spirit desires to be like God and our flesh has no say. We need to start putting our flesh down. We need to start sacrificing our flesh and doing the right thing, but things that we don't feel like doing. So getting up and making a cup of coffee, it's a silly example, but it's a good one, when we don't feel like making a cup of coffee. Why? Why don't we feel like doing it? Because we want to serve ourselves. But the Bible tells us that there is no greater love than to lay down yourself for others, to love others and lay down yourself. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a mom with children or, or you um, in your family, in whatever example, I want you to start to look at are you laying yourself down and not actually doing what you feel like, but doing what is kind to other people because we love God and we love people. And I want to say to you, maybe you're in a sexually immoral relationship. I've spoken about lying. I've spoken about stealing. I've spoken about serving something else above God. When I speak these things, I've often said, you know, I'm not condemning you. The point is I'm not condemning you. I'm teaching you the word of God, but your sin is condemning you. And this 2021, I really want us as Christians to not go, the Bible exempts me. That is a lie. We believe a lie. The blood of Jesus has set us free and set us apart to be holy as unto God. And we cannot practice sin if we are holy. We practice the fruit of being holy is because we are righteous. We are holy as unto God, set apart by him. I really want to encourage you this year. We're going to go to another level in our faith. We're going to go to another level in desiring the spirit of God in our lives. Amen. And so I really pray that this teaching blessed you. It certainly blessed me. And we are going to go to another level together because God is our shield and he will protect us. But then as Christians, we cannot live in opposition to the word. We actually need to live in accordance with the word. Amen. And so we're going to pray together. Father, we come to you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, as your daughters, that we would actually come to you and live in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because, Father God, the old is gone. You have given us a new heart. And I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. That you have given us a desire to be just like you and to live as holy 
as unto God. And so, Father, I pray that today we would repent of anything that's actually stopping us from having a closer relationship with you. Draw us close to you, Father God, and help us as we repent of those things that are are wrong, that are sinful. Help us not to sin against our conscience, Father God, but help us to draw close to you. Help us every day to live in the Spirit and not in the flesh. We love you, Father God. We ask you to bless this year. I pray for every person listening every person watching, and every family represented, that your goodness and mercy would be over them and their families. Your healing and provision would be over them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Oh